now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there, and thanks for tuning in. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Brought to you in part by Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Services Modern Mortgage Group, and Lori Zorn, insurance manager for Island Savings. If you need an opinion from experts in insurance and mortgages, Denise and Lori are great people to talk with. Just visit the CFAX 1070 website and look under Shows to find us, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe. There you'll find their contact information, or you can always find me online or on social media. Uh, Speaking of which, if you are looking for an expert realtor to purchase or sell your property, you can always call me. I am, after all, a 26-year local veteran and a top agent with Remax Camosin here in Victoria, which is Victoria's most productive real estate brokerage. I had the privilege of recently visiting the beautiful country of Belize, specifically the town of San Pedro and Ambergris Key. I'm sure some of our listeners here have had the opportunity to be there. Uh, I had been there before as well, too. My first trip was back in 1991 when I was a young lad going for a scuba diving trip. Uh, Although I'd love to say I was there this time for a tropical vacation, I was actually brought down by the owner of the Remax Caribbean and Central America region, John Turley. John was gracious enough to extend an invitation to individuals like myself who achieved the top level of sales production with the Remax Global Organization that was the Diamond Award. And the purpose of the visit was for John to introduce us to the island and also for us to gather information on investment and development opportunities in the region. So today, as our guest, we'll have on the line John Turley himself. We'll be talking about investing in real estate, what to look out for, what opportunities exist. Not only just in Belize, we'll also talk about that too, I'm sure, but generally what opportunities you might be able to find even closer to home. Let's start our show with our usual weekly listener question. If you have a question or curiosity about real estate, call us on our hotline, which is 250-414-6540, or you can find us online, again, at www.cfax1070.com, and we'll discuss it on the air. Actually, we've been busy in the past couple of weeks with a lot of calls and emails. I'll do my best to get through them, um, but some of your comments do require some uh, backgrounding on my part. And as such, just a gentle reminder for those of you who are calling on the phone line, please do leave your phone number or email address so I can get back to you for more details. That'd be much appreciated. Uh, The other thing as well, too, is we have recently had uh, some people giving us suggestions about businesses, uh, real real estate-related or house-related businesses that they'd like to hear about. For instance, I had a request last week for someone who wants to talk or wants to hear more about moss removal from her roof. That is great. If you have uh, things that you'd like to hear about on our show, the whole home show, just let us know and we'll get them on air for you. So uh, our listener question was an email this week from Marcus. Uh, Marcus said, we own a house, but are thinking about buying a revenue property. How do I start and what do we need to know? Uh, Yeah, this one was timely because we're going to be talking about investment today. 
not only local investment, but foreign investment, again, with John Turley down in Belize. But thanks for your question, Marcus. Um, yes, now is a time where a lot of people are thinking about revenue properties. Of course, one of the reasons is that with the increase in growth of value and equity that people have in their homes based on strong real estate market from the past couple of years, people are finding that it's time to diversify from their usual financial portfolio, uh, even taking equity out from their homes to purchase revenue-producing properties. So uh, it is definitely something that makes a lot of sense for people uh, nowadays. Um, There are a few things that you need to consider, Marcus. The first is, what's your risk tolerance? Risk is something that you take into account here because you are, first of all, um, working with money, often with a lot of your hard-earned dollars, and you are taking a risk because you need to know um, the pros and the cons of doing an investment of this sort. You know, naturally, when you go to your financial planner, uh, which we all should have, that person there will be able to guide you down the path of safe investments or or even ones that are uh, a little more risky with potential of higher um, uh, higher upside, but you need to be well aware of the risk. And there is a fair amount of risk that's involved in investing in real estate, so you must first assess your risk tolerance. Uh, the next thing you want to do is make sure that you start the ball rolling by going through the process of qualification. You're going to want to talk to a banker. You're going to want to go down your bank or even talk to our uh, mortgage broker at our station here, our show, Denise Webster. Again, you can find her contact information uh, online. Talk to a mortgage specialist and start the process as far as, first of all, determining how you're going to get your equity. Are you going to get your uh, equity or your down payment for your revenue property from your existing home? Do you have other investments that you can uh, move from one to the other. Uh, how are you going to do that? When it comes to the bank, uh, too, you're going to want to make sure that you're not just looking for a um, pre-qualification, not just the question of, hey, can I buy a revenue property? You'll want to go through the path of actually giving your banker or mortgage broker all of your personal financial information to make sure that you are pre-approved. When you get pre-approved, that means you are ready to go if you do bump into a property uh, because they are popping on the market here, uh, as we've seen in, um, well, actually the past couple of years. So get yourself qualified, ready to go. Uh, One of the big things you're going to need to figure out, too, is where are you going to make that investment? Uh, I'm guessing you're from town here in Victoria. I'm not sure. Uh, If you are, uh, you know, the handy thing, of course, is you know the locations. You know the areas. You know spots that are good or bad. Of course, we, as your real estate experts, can help you as well determine which uh, areas hold better uh, investment possibilities as far as upside with appreciation uh, or things like rent. How much rent can you generate from your uh, revenue? property. But when I ask the question where, uh, the other part of that too is it doesn't necessarily need to be in Victoria. There are uh, revenue opportunities up island, uh, up in the Cowichan area, up in uh, Duncan, up in um, uh, Nanaimo, Comox Valley, or you can even go on the mainland too. You know, one of the things that investors do look at is uh, the return. So the, the cap rate, for instance, how much revenue a property generates relative to what you're acquiring it for, what you're paying for it. And I do have to say this, when it comes to Victoria and Vancouver, prices are so high nowadays 
relative to the amount of rent that you're getting for uh, investment properties, the cap rates aren't really high, either in Victoria or Vancouver. Victoria nowadays, a good number is a 4% cap rate. In Vancouver now, investors are used to getting a 2 or 2.5% two cap rate. That doesn't sound great. Why do people invest in places like Vancouver? Well, it's more than just the cap rate. Oftentimes, it's the fact that it is in Vancouver, which has a higher probability uh, of upside. But when you look into the prairies, if you're going to places like uh, Saskatchewan, you go to Saskatoon, uh, maybe Regina, some other marketplaces, uh, Winnipeg, a little further east, their cap rates are a little higher. They can be anywhere from 6%, 7%. Um, you know, those are definitely nicer figures from a revenue standpoint. But, of course, the biggest thing there is they don't see the appreciation or upside that we've always seen here, either in uh, Vancouver or Victoria, or, of course, Toronto, the big smoke uh, here in Canada. So that's also important. The big things here, Marcus, are get advice. Put together your investment team. That would be your accountant. You need to make sure that your accountant gives you good advice on being a revenue property owner. You're going to want to pipe in your financial advisor, as I mentioned a moment ago. Um, You'll want to talk to a lawyer as well, too, um, to determine the legal aspects of being a property owner. And, of course, the other thing you're going to want to do is you're going to want to talk to your realtor, someone like me who can help you find uh, the right property, identify exactly what it is that suits you best uh, so that you can buy yourself an investment property. And, by the way, we have clients that started with this question that now have six or seven properties uh, over the years. The hardest one, really, Marcus, is the first one because after you've done that, uh, it's all pretty simple. Thanks for uh, emailing in, Marcus. And again, for the rest of you, if you have a real estate question you'd like answered on our show, please again visit the cfax1070.com website or call our hotline, which is 414-6540. And also, too, uh, for those of you who are podcast listeners, you can find our podcast on iTunes or Google Play. That's the whole home show with Tony Joe. So, again, today we have uh, our guest after the break here, who is John Turley, uh, who is down in Belize, Central America. During the break here, maybe you can grab a map and find out how far we are from there. Uh, It's a little ways, but I'll give you the exact measurement when we get back in just a moment. We'll take a break. Back in just a couple of minutes. Hey there, thanks for tuning in. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. So just before the break, we were talking about beautiful Belize, Central America, and I asked the question, if you knew how far distance-wise our beautiful town of Victoria, British Columbia is to Belize, Central America, and the answer is about 6,300 kilometers. It's a bit of a trek. Um, But as I said before, I had been down there before, back in 1991, and I had the privilege of being there not too long ago as a guest of our guest on the show today, John Turley. Now, for those who haven't been to Belize before, uh, it is your tropical paradise. I mean, we talk about Victoria here being uh, such a beautiful waterfront community, small, quaint. Um, Well, if you can picture Victoria, but maybe sometime in the past, before, for instance, there were a lot of cars on the road, before there was a lot of development, uh, more specifically, before there were any American franchises for Uh, restaurants and hotels, that could give you an idea of what uh, Ambergris Key in uh, Belize is like. So um, right now, like I said, we have on the line with us, he's actually uh, not in Belize, but he's uh, joining us from Phoenix, Arizona. 
That is John Turley. John, thanks for joining us. My pleasure, Tony. Great to be with you. Yeah, so um, I want to give you an introduction, John, and, and i got to tell you, it's a long one, but the listeners need to know exactly uh, who you are. Uh, you've, got a, you've got a considerable background. You're from Colorado uh, originally. Uh, you've been a full-time resident of Ambergris Key in Belize for it's 12 years now, right? That's correct. Yeah, and you, you went there with your family, your wife and your three kids, uh, you are the CEO and co-owner of Remax uh, Caribbean and Central America, and that is um, that comprises 71 independently owned and operated Remax offices with over four. You said 455 realtors, right? That's correct, Tony. Okay. Uh, I also know that you've been involved in over 1,600 real estate transactions in Amherst Key. Uh, you have uh, many times been the number one agent. In fact, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think your market, you yourself, your market share in Ambergris Key was something like 40%, right? That's correct, yes. <laughs> okay, I'm really working you up here. <laughs> um, because you are quite the remarkable uh, uh, guy. Uh, you are the, you, you have been the number one associate in the uh, Caribbean and Central America for many years. You are also the REMAX Broker Owner of the Year in 2013. Uh, and the Central America um, uh, region there was the 2016 REMAX Global Region of the Year. Now, for the, for the listeners here, this may not mean a lot to you, but you need to understand, REMAX is a huge organization with 110,000 agents across the globe. So this is really saying something. Uh, John is also principal of uh, Belize Asset Management. You're an active um, real estate investor and syndicator. You've raised over $50 million in your marketplace there. Uh, and it goes without saying that you know Belize like nobody else. Uh, did I miss anything, John? Tony, that was an extremely gracious introduction. I think you handled it very well and uh, <laughs> uh, very nicely done. Okay, great. Well, John, so the reason why uh, we have you on the line here is because it, it was it was amazing being your guest. My wife and I, Sue, uh, came over, and we were your guests for the weekend in Belize. Myself and uh, about 10 other um, uh, groups of people as well, too. And, you know, this is not uh, unusual because you do a number of these Belize field trips throughout the year, right? I, I do, and I, I find it's extremely effective because it allows people to really get a comprehensive education about the market so they can make qualified, informed, educated decisions. Yeah, that is so important. And, you know, I, we will get to Belize itself as a, uh, as a country and as investment opportunities a little bit later. But, you know, the biggest thing that I want to start with in conversation with you here is the fact that even I, as a 26-year uh, real estate veteran here in Victoria, British Columbia, I learned so much from you as far as real estate investment and uh, opportunities that one can look out for. I, I want to start our conversation here with the question that you started us with when we were in the classroom on uh, Friday night there. Um, can you tell us what that question was? Yeah, so I, I, I posed the question or the challenge to ask uh, a hypothetical that if you had, uh, for example, a half million dollars, whatever the dollar amount is, and you had the opportunity to go back in time, in a time machine, if it were, and to choose a specific market that you could invest in, what market would you choose and what would be the reasons why? And, of course, the answers typically fall into two categories. Quite often people will pick uh, an area that they're quite familiar with, that they've seen the history of development and uh, they've seen the change in prices over time. 
And if it's not a local decision, then they'll typically pick a tourist destination or another market that has seen tremendous growth uh, that they might they might be identifying from afar. But the, the whole point of the exercise is to help people to identify the process of reverse engineering mm-hmm. a market that is already well-developed and well-defined and try to help to ascertain how you can identify in the future, looking forward, those markets well in advance. Yeah, you know, it's like they say, hindsight is twenty twenty, right? If we didn't, if we had known, if we had that crystal ball forty years ago, things might be different, right? Absolutely, exactly. And so, if we can, if we can understand what the precursors are, if we can know what what critical things to look for, um, when you can identify a market, like you said, before those uh, American franchises are there, before there's a Starbucks, before there's a McDonald's, if you can see that there's growth and there's demand and there's interest in a given area. Uh, well ahead of those other precursors, then that's usually a good identifying mark of a long-term investment opportunity. Yeah, and you know, the other point that you brought up, too, which is interesting, is everyone else in the room tend to bring up uh, areas, you know, with this challenge, bring up areas that they were familiar with. So mine was Vancouver, because, you know, I look at, uh, for our listeners here, down the corridors of Oak Street and Granville, where you couldn't give a house away uh, about 20 years ago. You know, people bought those houses for $15,000 40 years ago, and now those pieces of land are selling for Three point eight or four million dollars for development because of what's happening in that marketplace there. So that was my uh, um, uh, my bit. But hey, after having spent a couple of days with you, John, I know now there's a lot of other opportunities globally, uh, not just locally here. Absolutely, and we can we can all look back and say that we would have, could have, should have invested in a given market, or that we wish we could go back in time. But the reality is. Once we, once we recognize what those identifying marks are, we have the ability to, to uh, effectively uh, do our time travel in advance by picking those markets that have not yet had the growth. Cool. So what are some markers that, you would, that, that one would look out for? Well, one of, one of my favorite real estate quotes, and I like to apply it in identifying markets, is to find out where people are headed and invest there before they arrive. So you want to look for that initial surge, that initial push, where a market or an area is, is just starting to get some intensity of focus, and yet the, the, the catalyst is such that it really, really hasn't fully developed and it hasn't gained a lot of traction. And so uh, that can apply from a tourism standpoint as far as identifying where people are headed and invest there before they arrive when a tourism destination is just taking off. It can also apply in relocation or retirement. Um, th- so there's a lot of different ways in which we can identify a specific market. So you want to look for, for, um, you know, for some leaning or some push from the marketplace in a given direction. But if you can identify that early on, then you've got much more runway to, uh, to benefit from the investment. Well, you know, a classic example, again, here for the listeners, when you think about the lower mainland of British Columbia or Victoria here, uh, what was that point in time? I think a lot of people would say that was Expo 86 when Vancouver really got on the map because before that it, was a, it still was a big town. But it was a quieter town that wasn't really globally known. And for us here in Victoria, it was potentially the Commonwealth Games when it came here in 1994. Uh, so bringing those people here and getting eyeballs on, on, on the regions, I think, are very important. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we're here with John Turley. John is the uh, CEO and owner of the REMAX Central America and uh, Caribbean region we're talking about investment because uh, John is an expert not only in the Belize market area but investment uh, as well too. Uh, John we're going to take a break in a couple of seconds here but off the top of your head you got any favorite podcasts or books that, that you read or listen to? 
Absolutely. One that I highly recommend for your listeners is called Get Rich Education by a good friend of mine, Keith Weinhold. Oh. Um, that's available on iTunes as a podcast. And then uh, as far as books, I always recommend uh, uh, an excellent book called The Advanced Guide to Real Estate Investing by Ken McElroy. Uh, Ken's another good friend of mine, and it's a, it's a fantastic book that helps people to identify uh, the best markets and how to secure the best deals within those markets. Perfect. Great books. Well, listen, we're going to take a quick little break here. When, will we back, when we come back, we'll be here with John Turley. Back in a moment. Hi there. Thanks for joining us. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Just a reminder that our show is brought to you in part by Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Services Modern Mortgage Group, and Lori Zorn, insurance manager for Island Savings. If you need an opinion about mortgages or insurance, be sure to find either of them. You can find their contact information on the CFAX 1070 website. Just look under Shows. You'll find us, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe. There you'll find their contact information, or you can always find me. Uh, we've had uh, on the line here our guest for the day, who is John Turley. John is the uh, co-owner and CEO of the uh, Caribbean and Central America Remax region. And if you're just tuning in right now, uh, we've had a great conversation about things to look out for in investment. Uh, one of the things that I had mentioned already is I was down to Belize not long ago as a guest of John's. But listen, if you missed, uh, if you're just tuning in right now, don't forget you can find our uh, episodes online, the cfax1070.com website where we are streaming or if you're a podcast listener, find us on iTunes or Google Play. It's the whole home show with Tony Joe. Uh, again, John, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us here. My pleasure. Thanks, Tony. So, John, you get to meet a lot of people. Uh, in the group that I was with, there were investors there, uh, not just us real estate people. Uh, you deal personally with um, investors ranging from beginners to novices uh, to experts. You know, when you deal with these people, what's your impression about the differences between them? Well, I, I think what's, what's critical is regardless of a person's experience level, the first thing they have to do before they start investing in real estate is invest in their own education. Um, it's critical that they you know, take the time that's necessary to really make sure that they understand the fundamentals, that they understand what their own goals and objectives are, so that they know whether they're investing for cash flow or investing for equity appreciation, what are their short-term, mid-term, and long-term goals. And once they have a clear idea of what their personal investment philosophy is, then and only then should they go about identifying the markets and the properties that are going to be congruent with their goals. The other thing that I see seasoned, experienced investors do is that they look for those who have a successful track record and they don't try to reinvent the wheel. Mm -hmm. Find people, find mentors, find those who have a proven track record and align yourselves with them. There's absolutely no reason not to benefit from the experience of those who have already gone ahead of you. Yeah, because generally speaking, these are people that like to share their experiences, and they, they definitely can. And and the other thing is, why bother creating your own, your own research and development department where other people have been here before, right? Absolutely, and it's a matter of finding those who share an abundance mentality. Uh, if people have a scarcity mentality, then they're going to want to hold that information close to the vest. But find those who have an abundance mentality and realize that the sum is greater than the parts and that together uh, you can benefit one another and help one another and share that knowledge, and, and everybody can win. Well, and that's what you do very well as well, too, John, in, in my short time with you. Uh, you. You mentioned a second ago here, too, someone should figure out what their 
investment philosophy is. Now, that's a really interesting concept. I, I'm guessing here that when somebody is starting out, they, they probably have no idea what their philosophy is, right? Yeah. In, in fact, it's funny, Tony, because most people, when they're just starting with investing, they start by looking for a property. The property is the very first thing they look at. And typically, they're looking at it through their own personal eyes. Is this a place that I would want to stay? Is this a place I would want to live? And what they fail to realize or perhaps fail to appreciate is that, you know, live where you want to live, but invest where the numbers make sense. It's really a matter of identifying what your goals and objectives are and finding a property that's congruent with that. And it may be a matter of separating your own personal taste and opinion in order to, de- to derive the higher uh, return on investment that you're looking for. You know, I can speak to that, too, because uh, there is one regret I have in my life. The first house that I bought, which is close to the university, I bought that when I was 23 years old. I sold it three years later, not because it didn't cash flow. Like, it did really well money-wise, but I just didn't like the house. And I got to tell you, I regret almost every day having gotten rid of that house. Because, first of all, it'd be paid off by now. And, secondly, I bought that for 200000 It's probably now an eight fifty or 900000 Ouch, Tony, I feel your pain. Yeah, yeah. We're trying to make up for that right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but philosophy... Well, and that's, it's a, Go ahead. That's such a great example because, as you said, it was a house that it wasn't particularly your favorite. It isn't necessarily what you would have wanted, but it, but it was meeting all of your financial goals and obligations. And so the sooner we can delineate between those two and we can kind of separate that, uh, the better the better we're going to be in the future. Well, and it's funny because, you know, back, like I said, I was 23. I was young, you know. Maybe I thought I knew better, but my mentors at the time were telling me, you know, don't sell the house. Uh, who cares if you don't like it? Uh, it'll be fine in a number of years. And you know what? I, I, I wish I'd have listened to them. Yep, yeah. understood. <laughs> Where were you, John, 20-some-odd years ago? I wish I'd have bumped into you then. Um, listen... Yeah. <laughs> So shifting gears a little bit, you have brought um, a lot of investment dollars into uh, the little town that you live in on Ambergris Key called San Pedro. Um, what's been the biggest selling feature for investors and, and what gets them excited? Well, I'll tell you what's fascinating is what brought me there personally 12 years ago really dovetails closely with the answer, which is that for me it was all about quality of life. I was looking for a destination uh, that offered tremendous quality of life, that had a beautiful climate, uh, had a great uh, political system, good property rights, um, you know, very safe, secure, good economy. All of the things that attracted me from a quality of life standpoint are the same reasons that people tend to want to vacation there, to relocate there, to invest there, and to retire there. And so Ambergris Key over the last several years has been internationally recognized as the number one island in the world, according to TripAdvisor, two years in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year it's considered one of the top 20 destinations in the world for tourism. And so the, the attributes and the qualities of the island when it comes to quality of life make it so desirable, uh, whether people are going there to visit or looking there to relocate and live. And so, therefore, it's created a wonderful economic climate and economic environment for growth. Uh, Belize is a very young country. It's only 36 years of age. Yeah, because before that it was Commonwealth. Yeah, it was British Honduras before, right? Exactly, that's correct. And so it's a very young country, um, still relatively unknown on the global scene, though that's rapidly changing now. And with new international flights and international airlines coming in, it's making it far more accessible. So um, it, it really, it's, it's really at the point now I like to liken it to a jet going down the runway. We've just started to lift off. We've got a little bit of wind between our, uh, under our wings, but we're nowhere 
close to cruising altitude just yet. Well, I want to touch on that right now. So uh, hopefully we'll have enough time here before we, we hit our next break. But um, you're talking about uh, airlines and destinations. So uh, for the listeners, I had mentioned to you, we're 6,300 kilometers from, from home here. When I went down there, uh, it was a long flight because I flew from Victoria to Seattle, Seattle to Atlanta, Atlanta to Belize City, Belize City to uh, Ambergris Key. Um, so it was a bit of a flight. Uh, however, changes are afoot because uh, very shortly here now, the, uh, WestJet is going to have direct flights from Calgary, right, John? Absolutely, and it's a huge, huge benefit for us. Um, of course, Canada has been a, a very strong market for us with the, the British Commonwealth connection, as it were. And so it was in the fall of 2016 that WestJet first started flying from Toronto directly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in 2017, the direct flights from uh, from Calgary will start. And, of course, in, uh, in late 2017, Air Canada uh, has direct flights from Toronto as well. And so all of this helps to, to broaden the reach and make it more accessible for people to visit to Belize, and specifically for Ambergris Key, we have the great benefit of the government having announced a new international airport underway wow. directly on the island to make the, the island that much more accessible. Yeah, now there was a comment that you made when we were there, and you said that the world of the airline world, they don't operate from the mindset of build it and they will come. Exactly. That's what's so beautiful about the airlines is that they do not add additional passenger airlift or additional uh, new routes or, or new flights to existing routes unless the demand is already in place. They have the most up-to-the-minute uh, you know, data and, and reservation system available, so they know exactly what their passenger load is. They know if their flights are, are you know, 87.6% full in any given route, and they're able to look and see not only where the people are, are coming from that uh, perhaps were flying from Seattle, but they can see that you started your journey in Victoria and then connected through Seattle. So the airlines have up-to-the-minute information and so if we study the airlines, if we very closely follow what the airlines are doing, then that gives us a, a look around the corner, as it were, a look into the future to see if tourism is going to grow or diminish in a given market, usually at least a year well in advance. Well, and there's your 40-year forecast. So that is one of the ways that people can determine if the marketplace is picking up. Well, listen, it's time for a break right now. Uh, when we come back, we'll be joining again John Turley. Back in a moment. Thanks for tuning in. This is The Whole Home Show with me, Tony Joe, here on CFAX 1070. Lifestyle, retirement, and tourism all sounds like Victoria, right? Well, imagine Victoria, but smaller, in a tropical climate, and on crystal clear, warm water. That's Ambergris Key in Belize, Central America. And with us as a guest today is John Turley, CEO and co-owner of Remax Caribbean and Central America. Thanks again, John, for joining us. My pleasure, Tony. So, John, just before the break, we were talking about airlines and how airlines don't take risks building uh, flight paths and airports unless they know that the demand is there. Let's talk about that a moment here because, um, you know, again, for for the listeners, we're talking about Belize today, which is a whole other ball of wax, if you may. It's a whole other market area. But the reason why we're bringing this up here today on the whole home show here with me is that um, it uh, we want to 
broaden your horizons and give you other opportunities to look at investment, not just here in your backyard in Greater Victoria, but also areas like Belize. And John is the foremost expert in investments in real estate uh, in Belize. Now, hey, John, by the way, you said that um, Ambergris Key was the number one island in TripAdvisor for a couple of years. I got to look that up because, you know, I think Vancouver Island rates up there as well, too, you know. Oh, I think they're neck and neck. For okay. <laughs> Great. Um, so now the other thing about, other than the airline, uh, I had mentioned before that uh, Ambergris Key is devoid of um, brands. So there's no Starbucks, there's no McDonald's, there's no uh, Burger King or whatever. It's all local, um, local stuff. And that also includes the resorts and the hotels. You know, we find places like, Rubies and Sunburys and all that. There's no major brand until December, right? That's correct. In December, the the new uh, Curio collection by Hilton opens. But therein lies the charm. We have this incredible environment where you have a small niche, individually owned properties and, and restaurants and cafes. And it's the charm and the uniqueness that comes from all of those uh, individual properties that are not just simply chain restaurants. You know, for sure. And and by the way, the food is amazing. The food is amazing. I, I, I think I had my years with the lobster in uh, in three days, but uh, that's a whole other story <laughs> altogether. Um, now, it had to be a big gamble or a big, um, a lot of research had to happen for Hilton to want to move forward on such a small island. How was that? Yeah, they, they did a tremendous amount of due diligence to make sure that the market was really ready for the uh, the advent of the major brands or flags to come into the marketplace. And so they did, a, you know, they did a good case study, and they studied and, and saw the growth from the airlines. They saw what the, the tourism demand is, and they were very comfortable coming into the marketplace. There were independent uh, consultancy firms that were hired from North America that came in and assessed uh, both where the market is, where the market is headed, and what the, uh, the goals of the airlines are. Interestingly, for many of the airlines, um, they would like to expand service further and faster but there needs to be additional hotels. There needs to be additional tourism infrastructure mm-hmm. to handle the influx. If you think about it, Tony, you know, if you have a, a, a Boeing 737 with 160 passengers, uh, an airline such as WestJet or Air Canada can, can decide to add an additional flight per week, uh, literally at the snap of a finger. Mm-hmm. But what that necessitates on the other end uh, is about another 100 hotel rooms for those passengers. It takes a lot more time, effort, and money to create 100 hotel rooms, condos, or tourist accommodations than it does simply to add another flight. And so, uh, you know, with all this passenger airlift increasing, there's a, there's a lot of demands on infrastructure to keep up. Well, how long has uh, the Hilton been in development? How long have you been working on that? Um, so I, I've personally been involved in that project from the, uh, the from the inception of the, the ground, the land development, seven years ago. Wow. Yeah. And it's been four four years underway on the construction and development of the Hilton. So December 6th, the grand opening, uh, is something that's really going to be very highly celebrated, not just on Ambergris Key, but it's really a, a touchstone uh, moment in history for the entire country of Belize. Yeah, and I have to say, because you took us there, that property is amazing. Like, it's... it. Uh, the, the quality and the feel of the main building there kind of feels like a, what's that style there? You, is it a sort of plantation style? Uh, uh, it was just amazing. Yeah, very very much so. A, a British colonial plantation style, and it, it was designed to look as though it's been there 100 years, even though it's brand-new, state-of-the-art construction. And 
Uh, very, very excited to have you come back and stay as a guest there, Tony. Oh, thank you. We're going to take you up on that. Um, now, let's talk about investment. Uh, and again, we're on the line here with John Turley, uh, who's down in Belize, Central America. We're talking right now about um, the Mahogany Bay, which is down on Ambergris Key in Belize, Central America. Uh, John, tell us a little bit about the development from an investment standpoint, just in case one of the listeners might be interested. Yeah, so it's the first master-planned residential resort community in all of Belize, uh, all underground utilities, all master-planned with architectural covenants and guidelines. And that style or type of development has not yet taken place in Belize previously, though it's obviously well-established throughout other parts of the Caribbean. And so investors have the opportunity to purchase their own canal front lot and to have uh, open access to the Caribbean Sea within uh, just two or three minutes from their boat slip and to be able to select and choose from a wide palette of, of homes and home styles and floor plans to build the, the home of their dreams, whether that's for retirement, relocation, or just for investment. Uh, Ambergris Key has a very, very strong rental market, and we focus predominantly on short-term, what we would call nightly and weekly rentals, uh, and they typically are going to derive a much, much higher rent per square foot than what you would find in other residential markets. And so that's one of the lessons I really like to help to instruct people about is that you are typically guided by the parameters of your local marketplace, and that's your reality. And until you break that paradigm and you realize that there's other markets with other opportunities and other returns, uh, you might just not realize how much is out there to capitalize on and how much greater another market might be than what you've come to accept. Yeah, other other opportunities. Now, with... At, at- yeah, with the, so again with the um, with the night stays and everything uh, in Ambergris Key there. I mean, you drove us by resorts. We went and visited a few. Um, you've also told us that things like Airbnb are common there too, right? Yeah, very much so. So Airbnb and VRBO, um, you know, the the whole short term rental market has been uh, has been very very strong in Ambergris Key. One of the you know, one of the challenges for some is that bank financing is very limited, mm-hmm. but we're in a market where people can typically uh, you know, receive either high single-digit or low double-digit returns on a cash flow investment uh, without there being any leverage whatsoever. And, of course, once you introduce leverage into the equation, the returns go up from there. But uh, it's a very, very strong market in terms of the investor returns that can be derived. Well, and, and this is one of the things I did want to bring up, because you had mentioned to us while we were there that typical mortgage rates for locals, because um, pe- we're used to uh, interest rates of less than 3% here in Canada, right? Uh, and in Belize there, people are paying 10% or 12%, right? Absolutely. And, and that's really without regard for your credit worthiness. I mean, regardless of, of how well qualified you are, the starting interest rate for the banks is 10%. And on top of that, they're going to require a forty percent down payment. Yeah, so there are there are definitely opportunities, not necessarily just with uh, real estate investment in your neck of the woods, but other things like um, uh, syndications, like putting together um, a syndicate of investors, right? Absolutely, uh, you know, being able to join market forces and, and investing in deals where the economies of scale are greater, and you can uh, you know you can have more of a passive investment. There's tremendous opportunities investing in promissory notes and mortgages and actually being a note holder of those 10% interest rates. So there's a, there's a whole wide palette of choices available other than simply investing in just a property by itself. 
Yeah, and, and again, I'm hoping here there are listeners today. I mean, I, hey, I, I would love if some of our listeners called you up and say, hey, John, I'm interested in Belize. But the other thing, though, too, is just um, bringing to your attention the fact that there are other opportunities out there uh, aside from owning your own property here in Victoria, British Columbia. Right, John? Absolutely. And it's always, again, the, the more education you can take in, the more you can avail yourself as to what other opportunities are out there, the more you can answer the question compared to what. And so if we only look within, if we only look at our, our local marketplace, we're really limiting ourselves to a tremendous number of opportunities. Um, investing in a real estate syndication, whether that's locally in Victoria or elsewhere in other markets, is a great way to align yourself with experienced investors and to be able to participate in a real estate investment opportunity as part of a larger whole. Uh, and that's something I always encourage people to, to learn more about and to educate themselves about as an opportunity as well. Yeah, and of course, you uh, earlier gave us uh, a couple of books or podcasts that uh, people can listen to. And as a reminder to everyone here, if you didn't catch them, just uh, go back online to CFAX 1070, and you'll find this episode streaming where you can go back uh, and listen once again. John, I, I want to touch on Belize itself as a country really quickly here. Um, you know, some people might think that it's uh, remote, tropical, you know, not really well connected. Well, uh, you were mentioning the fact that high-speed internet is not a concern there because you've got new technology coming in, right? Yeah, we've actually, uh, you know, fiber optic was just introduced to the island this year, and we uh, we kind of leapfrogged in technology. We went from having a maximum 16 meg download speed to now the lowest internet speed you can have is 10 uh, megabyte and up to 130 megabyte, and so that's uh, that's been phenomenal for us with regard to our our cellular service. Uh, you know, at the start of 2017, we had about a 5 meg download speed on our cell phones, and by the end of uh, 2017, the network will be at a capacity of 100 meg download. So um, I can take those Internet speeds and conduct business anywhere that I need to in the country, and I'm happy to do so. Yeah, well, I, I hate to admit this, but, uh, John, even when I was down visiting you, I was talking with clients and uh, closing transactions. They didn't even know I was out of town. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Well, they get the, got the job done. That was the main thing. Um, how about safety? It is a safe place to live, and healthcare is different, um, but also not a concern, right? Absolutely. And I think it's, it's really critical for your listeners to know, when I moved to Belize 12 years ago for quality of life, I made the decision because I wanted to make sure that it was a safe place to raise my family, raise my children, and that our quality of life was tremendous. And I lived there by choice, not out of necessity. With overseeing the entire Caribbean Central America region, I could easily relocate and live on any other island or any other country uh, within the region with no problem. But I live there specifically because it is such a safe and wonderful environment. And I think the, the analogy I love to share is that the, the elementary school, the youngest of the school children, have open campus at lunchtime. The school opens up and the kids run out of the school and go and play on the beach and on the docks and in the park and they eat their lunch together completely unsupervised, no parents, no teachers, and there's no worry or concern about the children finding their way back to the classroom. It really is, uh, in my estimation, a bygone era. It's like going back you know, to, to our early childhood, Tony, and what it was like for us as young children, and there's that wholesome innocence that hasn't disappeared. Yeah, well, you know what? And that brings us back to the very beginning as we wrap up our show here, that whole talk about going back in time 40 years. Had we, knew, had we known what we knew 40 years ago, what would we have done? And I think you've just uh, summed it up really well there. Belize, Amargus Key, San Pedro town there, 
really is right now that opportunity that maybe 40 years from now, investors might be happy that they that they uh, joined in with. John, how do people reach you? What's the best website uh, or email address? Uh, best email address is John Turley, J-O-H-N-T-U-R-L-E-Y, at remax-cca.com. That's remax-cca.com. I would absolutely love the opportunity to help your listeners learn more about Ambergus Key and perhaps to host them on a visit on one of our Belize field trips as well. Perfect. Thanks for joining us, John. And to the rest of your listeners, hope you enjoyed your trip to Belize. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with me, Tony Joe. I'll be here for you this time next week.